0: Hi, you guys, and welcome back to a special episode of Not Too Taboo. Slate and I are actually coming to you this week from our home where we are self-quarantined, as well as I know many of you across the world are self-quarantined as well. It's been a scary, it's been a hard, it's been a difficult week for all of us. And there's just so many things happening around the world. And we're excited to get the chance to talk with you guys about a lot of that today.
3: Yeah, we, we really are kind of, you know, all concerned about this pandemic that's going on. We got our schools are being closed. The local mall's being closed. Uh, they're calling for restaurants, bars, clubs, all to be shut down uh, over the next couple of weeks. So we wanted to take an opportunity to talk with some incredible experts. One of those experts um, is someone who's a regular in the Dr. Phil show. Uh, she's also a journalist. Uh, really looking forward to an opportunity uh, to speaking with her about the steps we can be taking together to educate our kids, educate ourselves, and really get through these challenging times.
0: This is another week of not too taboo. So, babe, uh, let's just chat about the fact that we're sitting here at home. I mean, this under
3: self quarantine.
0: This is a first for us. We haven't uh, filmed a podcast, or I should say, <laughs> filmed recorded a podcast uh, from home yet.
3: No, we haven't. It's kind of nice. It's
0: kind of nice. So, you guys, just so you kind of understand the setup right now, uh, the baby's sleeping, the dogs are quiet. Hopefully, if you hear a dog bark in the background, I'm sorry. (laughs) We have a nice thick blanket over our dining room table. We've set up all of our mics, our recording uh, station, and um, this is going to be our new normal for a minute.
3: Well, the new normal for a lot of people, I think. I mean, that's that's the big conversations that are happening now. It's like, well. what do you do? Yeah, You've been told to stay home. Yeah. You shouldn't be out and about in the stores. Can't buy any product anyway, because the shelves are empty.
0: Which is a whole other thing that's I a, want to talk about. It's A
3: whole other scary. thing. Exactly. So what can we be doing to like mitigate uh, and take containment measures regarding the coronavirus?
0: And I also think that people are not taking that seriously enough. So that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about as well.
3: Yeah, that's true. And I think your parents fall into that category.
0: (laughs) We're going to already throw the parents under the bus. But They're
3: not taking it serious enough.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I got in a little bit of a, uh, an argument with my parents this past week. Um, Many of you know, my grandmother passed away last year. And so they finally sold her house up in the Las Vegas area. And so they decided to make a whole weekend out of it and go to Lionel Richie concert and all that. Well, Of course, uh, the Lionel Ritchie concert was canceled, which I knew it would be, but mom was like still hoping it was going to happen. So they still kept their hotel room up in Las Vegas. And I was very, very, very upset about this. And this was before, you know, the president spoke and this was before all the quarantines, you know, had been put into effect. Formalized, yeah. Yeah, formalized, yeah. Um, but I was like, mom, you're literally going to the international hub of tourism. Like like, the
3: international hub of DNA Gretchen is what it is.
0: I mean, it was just, it seemed a little, um, reckless in some ways, especially with a, um, you know, newborn baby in our family. She takes care of my brother's kids and she'd be very upset with me right now for saying this, but, um, but it, I was very frustrated and she was just like, father and I are fine. We don't have any ailments. And I'm like, mom, you do know that you're like almost 70 years of age, right? Like that's the category where you're considered elder and like we're well, most susceptible, most susceptible. And I know that they don't have any underlying elements. My parents knock on wood are very healthy, but it still is very, very scary. And beyond that, you know, we do have young children in our family. And so I told my mom, I'm not going to hang out with you for the next couple of weeks. So sorry, like you don't get to see your granddaughter. And honestly, like I called her after the president's speech, and I called her and I like could not even breathe on the phone. Like I was crying. I was so upset. and I was just like, I don't think you're taking this seriously because they had moved everything out of Grandma's house, so they didn't really even have access to TV. so they didn't know everything that was happening by the minute. And I also that day slated just come home from the grocery store just to get some peas and carrots for Sky that I was going to puree, um, you know, canned peas and carrots. And there was not one thing on the shelf, like zero. And he sent me pictures and it felt like Armageddon. And I literally, like I had, I think I honestly had like a major like panic anxiety attack. And I called my mom and I was like crying and I was just like the thought of like, Something happening to them, the thought of not being able to have food for Skylar, like it just really overwhelmed me.
3: Well, and it is weird. It's weird to try not to buy into it. I think Mm -hmm. we've been trying to be cautious. Like we're not out hoarding product. We didn't do
0: that because we just didn't want to be a part of, of that. We didn't want to be part of the like crazed, you know, thing that was going on because we were trusting what the government officials were telling us. And we were trusting the fact of what, all the information that we kept getting in every week saying you know, what you can do to protect yourself. So we weren't buying into all of the like, you know, hysteria that was going on.
3: But it's, it's hard. It's hard to be in the face of it, you know, for a couple of reasons. I mean, I'm not sure if you see saw on some of the news that some of these people have gone out and taken advantage of the situation and tried to profit from it. Oh,
1: completely. Some,
3: some guy in Kentucky bought $17,000 worth of Purell yeah. hand gel or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was like, but the price to sell to people. Which is just so wrong. Well, very wrong, you know, to take advantage of that in the situation. But the problem is too, I'm at the store. I mean, I'm simply looking for baby wipes or diapers for Sky. Right. The Shelves are literally bare. Right. And, you know, there was one or two packs left. And I'm like, well, should I buy this? Right. Like, maybe I should buy it. Like right. what's going to happen in two weeks if I really can't get my hands on diapers? Well,
0: and that's the problem that's happening is people like us that are trying to stay you know, calm, calm and not go into hysteria and not like freak out and, you know, buy 92,000 rolls of toilet paper or paper towels. We'll, we'll buy what we need for the week. And we were doing that even before the president came out and said that. And when you go back to the store to get something to replenish what you had for the last week and it's all gone. And then you all of a sudden realize like, oh my gosh, was I being irresponsible as a parent? Like not to freak out and do what everybody else was doing. And it, and it made me mad because I was just like all these people, like thankfully, you know, the Costco's, the targets, all that started putting up the signs that you could only one per person, but think about the people that like really can't like the elders, like that's the part that frustrates me the most. Like the people that really physically can't take care of themselves or aren't able to get to the store or whatever it is. Like I, I personally think that some of the grocery stores should allow like the first hour that they're open to have. Just the elderly go in there and be able to buy stuff. Go
3: first and be able to go shopping. Yeah, because the lines are ridiculous. First off, why toilet paper? I don't get it. Like why? That's such a major essential for people. And I guess what happened was, is that the minute the toilet paper sold out, that's when everyone started buying out the baby wipes. Yeah. Not for their kids. Yeah. But because they couldn't get a hold of toilet paper. Like why is your biggest concern TP? Yeah. So Yeah.
0: That That was a little confusing to me too. And then it was scary because... We went to Amazon. I mean, and Slade drove around literally to six different stores um, just to get some uh, one pack of vegetables so that I could puree it at home. Um, And I mean, it was just—it was really, really, really scary and overwhelming.
3: I never found the peas, by the way. Yeah, no peas. Never found canned peas. No frozen peas. Like everything's gone.
0: Everything was gone. So, um, you know, the good news is that the president did come on. He said he spoke with the heads of all the grocery chains all the big um, retailers. And, you know, he assured us that we have more than enough in our food chain and that we are are prepped and ready for this. But what is causing the problem is that people are buying it up and hoarding it so quickly that the employees can't even get the stuff back out on the shelf. So this is a call out to everyone to try as best you can to stay calm, to be courteous to the other people out there that might, you know, be needing the same products. And, you know, just buy enough for the week so that the stores can start getting restocked and this kind of pandemonium, you know, freak out can start to come down. Now, I'm not negating in one bit, shape, or form the seriousness of this virus and how scary it is and this pandemic that's happening across the world because it is a very serious thing and we have to take every precaution to keep ourselves healthy and well, but you guys... We have to make sure we're taking care of our neighbors and our loved ones at the same time.
3: Yeah, we do. And, and what's really scary is I've been doing a lot of research around this. The good news is, is it appears as if the immune system of kids seems to be strong enough to fight this off. As long as there are no other underlying medical conditions, mm-hmm. kids don't seem to be as susceptible to the virus. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that kids are the carriers, just like with the flu. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you realize there's a t- statistic that's out there. 75% of the flu cases that happen every single year are kids that have contracted it and given it to the parents. But the parents are the ones that get really sick and they're the ones that actually you know suffer and even sometimes sadly pass yeah. from it. And But the kids are the carriers. Huh. This is kind of the same thing with the coronavirus. It doesn't seem to be as affecting as many kids. Some of them are positive, but they have no symptoms. They mm-hmm. show no symptoms whatsoever, but they are, they are carrying it. So You know, I, and I think that really this, you know, um, infection mitigation is what this social distancing is about. Mm -hmm. Stay away from the big groups. You have to sequester at home because it can be spread so quickly without anyone's knowledge. And here's the big question I have. And so I'm, I'm excited to at some point be able to speak to some experts. Everyone's saying that it can lay dormant for a couple of weeks. So we're on kind of a two week quarantine. How do they know it's only two weeks? Yeah. How do they know it can't lay dormant for a month? Yeah, or two months. And then the question starts to become, well, what do we do about work? What do we do about supplies? How do we talk to our kids about this, this pandemic and their interaction with their friends? Cause they're not going to understand why they can't go play or interact or do the things they're used to normally doing.
0: Well, and how scary, I mean, you know, I think it's our jobs as parents to, you know, be a place of calm and positivity and, you know, a sense of Peace for our children and in our homes. And, you know, I actually did a post about this on my social media um, just two days ago because I really was having a really tough time and I really needed to just cry. Like, I really wanted to cry. Like, 2020, for some reason, is pissed off at all of us. And, like, it's just been a horribly been a horrible year, bad, you know, tragic year of just really bad, sad things happening. And I think, you know, all of us have tried to stay strong and upbeat. And I know that we're going to continue to do that as a community, as a country, as, you know, the world is all coming together. We're seeing so many beautiful things, you know, all the people on the balconies in Italy coming out together and singing. And, you know, I'm seeing fitness instructors lead classes out on their balconies and like so many cool things that people are figuring out how to go about things differently. But it doesn't negate, and this is what I posted on my social media, it doesn't negate those feelings from being there and those struggles from, you know, being in your soul. And, you know, in my lifetime, I never thought I would, you know, hear the word or or have to even be in the middle of a pandemic. And with a small baby, I think it causes really so much anxiety of like, oh my gosh, you know, I have this little baby that her immune system isn't even developed yet. Like how, what am I going to do to protect her to the best of my ability And I really just had to cry it out. And so I posted how I think it's so important for parents out there not to negate your own feelings and to walk into a room and to close the door. And if you have to cry, cry and don't be ashamed of those feelings and don't feel bad about those feelings and call your mom or call a friend or ask your partner to step in and help you um, through those emotions or whatever so that you can be strong for your kids. Now, I also think in in some ways too that it's okay to show your your children, you know, emotions and feelings and let them know that there's things in the world that are going to be tough and you struggle with. But, you know, obviously that needs to be very monitored and, you know, carefully, you know, shown to your children. So I just, I really want to encourage anyone out there that's struggling with it to not feel bad about it and to take time for some self-love and some self-care and um, to just not feel bad about it.
3: We heard that recently. I think Dr. Phil made that comment, didn't he? That we're kind of like a bank. Mm-hmm. And if you're you're only doing withdrawals mm-hmm. and not doing any deposits, right? you know, emotionally and physically on yourself, you're going to take a toll.
0: Right. And most parents, especially mothers, we are so guilty of this, of like constantly, like we just wake up first thing in the morning and it's all about the kid. Like we can barely even get our own shower, te- teeth brushed and we're already out the door with the kids, taking care of things, making lunches, making food, you know, whatever it is. And all day, every day, you know, if you keep doing that and keep having these withdrawals out of your account and not taking time to take care of yourself, you're going to be depleted at some point.
3: Yeah. Very, very true. Which just makes me tired thinking about it all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which bless Slade's heart because it's late at night and uh, and he's staying up with me to to do this because... We've got a lot of things that, you know, is going on right now. And during the day, it's just really hard, you know, to take the time to sit down and really talk about things and really be focused on this a hundred percent when you have, you know, your nanny here, you're the help here and the kids scream and the dogs are barking. I mean, there's so much going on during the day. So I'm like, babe, I know that because I am a Night owl and Slade is not, he's a morning person. Like, he wants to be in bed at like nine or 10 o'clock. If he had his way, he'd probably be in bed at like eight o'clock. <laughs> so
3: nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
0: um, I wish I was not a night owl, it actually makes me crazy. But, weird side note, I heard that people that stay up all night are geniuses, so I'm just saying I could be a genius. God,
3: I've been reminded of Gretchen's genius for the last <laughs> 11 years.
0: <laughs> Too funny, so you
3: are a genius, honey. All of your brilliant you. ideas happen late. Into the night.
0: Thank you. Your
3: personality shows up at four in the afternoon. Yeah, it's so
1: true. And then really you catch does.
3: fire. <laughs> and then about the time I hit a REM state, which is about <laughs> 9 30, 10, Gretchen's poking me in the arm, going, Oh, I had this great idea. Yeah. Do you want to get up and talk about it? I'm like, so No, bad. I don't want to talk about it.
1: It's so I, bad. I want
3: to sleep. You're like, Yeah, but I just I got to tell somebody.
0: <laughs> I know it's so bad. Um, speaking of being home, you guys. So um, there is this stay home challenge that. A couple of my friends have started and um, it's really cool. I posted it on my social media and um, challenging other people to, um, you know, pound stay home and um, to see what everybody's doing while they're home, give each other ideas and thoughts of games and stuff that you can do with your children or activities that you can do with your children from home or different ways that we can all kind of Come together to really encourage each other to stay home because that was what we talked about a little bit earlier is the fact that I, there, there's this part of me that feels like there's people that aren't taking this seriously. And I know that there's still some people that have to go to work. I know there's still some people that, you know, don't necessarily think it's going to affect them. And it's not necessarily about you as much as it is about protecting the other people. and there was this um, picture going around on social media. I originally saw it from Kristen Bell, actually. And it was a bunch of matches um, lined up together. And the first like six or seven matches were all, you know, had Unfired been lit. lit. And, um, and then the one match pulled down from it. And then the rest of the matches didn't light. And the point is, is that it spreads so quickly like fire. And if you are that one person that steps out of it or stays home, you could potentially be saving millions of other people because you don't even realize that, you know, just going outside and being there that you might have picked something up and then that spreads to the next person. So I think that's well, it's it's part just, of the
3: mitigation, right? They they talk yeah. about the growth and spread of this virus and how, like you mentioned, how rapidly it, it can happen. But those people that do pull back, and I think it literally cuts the spread in half. Yeah. If not greater. Yeah. Uh, just because people have pulled themselves away from being exposed mm-hmm. and you know, chosen to stay home. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a big deal in in trying to squash the spread of this disease mm-hmm. until services get caught up. The hospitals, the testing kits, like all the supplies and everything needed to treat people properly. Right. That's, that's the biggest thing is that we need time yeah in order to properly they, structure all the all the emergency services
0: right because they said they don't want to overwhelm the hospitals as well, you know, and that that's the problem is is our medical system like what if our medical system becomes so overwhelmed that we can't even take care of
3: the truly truly sick people so um I thought it was really crazy that yesterday or maybe it was it yesterday maybe it was yesterday or, or this morning on the news, Governor Newsom was talking about the fact that they're calling out to all individuals within the state of California who are 65 and older Mm, to self sequester to stay home there's 5.5 million of those people
0: in in
3: just in California California. alone that are 65 years of age or greater which are the individuals that are the most susceptible to the coronavirus right so I thought it was really cool um when your girlfriend Layla you know, did this challenge about stay at home mm-hmm. because I think that's going to be the, the, the biggest difficulty with most people. It's like, what the heck are we going to do, yeah. you know, on a two-week sequester?
0: Yeah, and that's so difficult for so many um, parents out there that now, let's say they can't go to work anymore. And now they're, they're but meaning they still have to go to work. Their, their companies are telling them to work from home. Yep. And they have these young children, you know, Two, three, four, five children (laughs) that are now running around their house that they're having to find activities for and at the same time work. And I mean, it is a big challenge to figure out how to do that. So now it's
3: work from home and keep up with your job, Mm -hmm. parent your children, and become a school teacher. Right. Because not only do you have to entertain, you still have to be educating them to some degree.
0: Right. Well, and a lot of these, um, I'm hearing a lot about like online classes that are going to be still happening or things are going to be emailed to the parents, assignments, work assignments, homework assignments. Like that's a whole nother level of responsibility that is happening for these parents on top of the fact that they still have to try and accomplish some of their work. Now, I will say that I can guarantee you, and I'm hoping that many of these businesses are, you know, being very lenient on, you know, what's happening during these times. I Got to commend some of these amazing people that are stepping up and uh, doing right by their employees. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw, but the head of Delta is giving um, up six months of salary to help take care of his employees there. Um, the NBA player that that's amazing donated a hundred thousand dollars for all of the people in the arena that are going to be losing their jobs. I mean, this is a huge crisis, this is going to affect. So many people down the lines think of all the restaurants that are closing, all of the bars, all the entertainment. I mean, everything that's having to be closed. And I was listening to, um, you know, the sports channel the other day with the NBA, and they're like, you know, if they cancel the season, that's one thing, but it's not like, okay, so let's move it to June. And then they're like, oh, but right, there's the Celine Dion concert in the stable center, in Ju- or whatever I'm making up the name, I don't know who exactly who it is, but. It's like you don't just get to go. Okay, we'll just move it to the w- this week of June. Well, I'm sorry, but we're already booked yeah. with other things in June, so there it huge scheduling up. conflict.
3: Yeah. yeah, we were uh, watching our buddy Chris Harrison um, talk about the fact that the Bachelor and the filming had been postponed, and there's literally hundreds of people that are attached to that production the who crew. are all out of work. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, you know, and That's that fair. and that becomes really challenging because, like, well, then they've got to make money. The money has to come in, but you can't continue to film or work. Yeah. And you know, we, we've got the same you know same issue we're seeing with with other friends of ours in the entertainment business where shows are paused, yeah. people are out of work, yeah. they got to go get jobs somewhere else.
0: I mean, but like, that's the problem is where are you going to go get another job? Even if you're like a lot of people that are actors in Hollywood, okay, I'll go, you know, be a server at a restaurant or whatever. Like none of those jobs are, are there. So yeah. I'm really hoping that the president or the government really steps in and possibly even, you know, puts a halt um, and helps with mortgages right now. And, you know, just the stuff, our bills, what's going to be happening these next few months for a lot of people that are going to be out of work. Um, You know, what none of us are going to be having the same amount of sales in our businesses. They're just not, including you and I. I mean, it, people are not thinking right now to buy ancillary things that they don't need. People are thinking about supplies, emergencies, those sort of things. So it's scary to, you know, think about the trickle down effect that this is going to have for so many people. And, you know, of course we don't want this entire podcast to be like, this is scary. This is horrible because really it is about continuing to educate. But I am saying these things because I feel like a lot of us out there are feeling this and I just don't want to pretend like, oh, everything's great and let's stay super, you know, positive and upbeat We should be upbeat as best we can and try to stay as positive as we can. But the reality of the situation is it is harsh. It's going to affect a lot of people. And let's start brainstorming together as a community of how to help people. You know, we had a couple people reach out to us personally, friends, um, that were like, we know you have a baby. We know you're probably scared to even leave the house because of the baby. What do you need? I'll get you anything you need we'll, we'll, you know, wash it down for you. Yeah, we'll, sanitize, we'll sanitize, we'll do whatever's it.
3: necessary, but we'll, we'll go get you supplies if necessary, which was very, very cool. It
0: was so thoughtful, you know, that like my girlfriend Casey, she saw that I posted that I didn't have peas and carrots. And she was like, I have a ton of them. I can bring them over to your house or have them deliver or whatever. And our friend Steve reached out and he was like, I'll go get you diapers or wipes and I'll have it sanitized. I mean, it's so wonderful that people out there are Thinking of other people like that during this time, and it's not—they're not just making it about themselves and hoarding things for themselves. So, I think it's just a great call to action to do that. Another thing, I—another source of information I want to give you guys is uh, Pastor Rick Warren. He is our pastor at Saddleback Church. He's so incredible. Um, a lot of the churches have been, you know, shut down. But if you guys go back and listen to his sermon from Sunday, it was truly incredible. Um, and I think stuff like that during this time is really important to stay uplifted and really just keep our spirits up during times like these.
3: Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm really excited that we're going to have an opportunity to talk to our our guest today. Yeah. She's a regular uh, parenting expert on the Dr. Phil show. Mm-hmm. She's a journalist, has been a journalist for 15 years, uh, was previously a, a, a teacher at the LA Unified School District, so mm-hmm. really understands how to properly communicate with kids and She's coming on to give us some great tips and have us discuss the best ways for us to mitigate uh, and take containment measures regarding coronavirus. Uh, We're going to talk about how schools are closing, parents are left at home, challenges with work, what to do with the kids. Uh,
0: And how to communicate with the kids during this time. Like, Really, the best way to... Um, talk to them through this. I mean, Skylar's obviously eight months, so we're not having like this full, you know, back and forth conversation, but she can still sense, you know, our emotions and our feelings. And, you know, that's been a little bit of a scary thing for me is thinking about, you know, whatever I'm doing, how it's affecting her. And, and, And Sky is so sensitive. Like she literally is so in tune with people's emotions. And I I know she can tell it because she'll literally, I'll be holding her and she'll look at me and she'll just kind of like gently touch my face with her hand. It's like, she knows I'm hurting. It's really.
3: Yeah. She can sense the hurt, sense the stress.
0: It's really, really wild how she's able to do that. So I think it's important that this uh, lady comes on and really talks about how to deal with those kids' emotions. And, you know, we're where to the point where they understand how serious it is, but where to the point that they're not scared because we don't want to cause more anxiety and depression and stuff in our children that is already an epidemic, you know, throughout our country of of you know with mental illness. So, I think but we do
3: want to inspire thought and conversation around these things because yeah. they do need to be discussed. Things yeah. that you maybe hadn't thought about before. Yeah. Um. you know, considerations that we didn't even think about until this particular, you know, pandemic has hit, you know, our, our caregiver, Courtney, perfect example. Yeah. You know, she's a, a school teacher, but she's doing postgraduate classes and supposed to be, you know, um, spending time in a class for ob- observation purposes. She's supposed to be going onto campus. And we literally said, if you're going to be doing those things, we can't really have you come to the house because yeah. you're exposing yourself. And like, yeah. she totally agreed and started emailing professors and just said, look, in the wake of what's happening with COVID-19, I'm uncomfortable coming on location with there's groups of people. So the university has to set up services so that I can be educated online or do things remotely mm-hmm. because it's just not safe and it's not safe for the people I work with. Yeah.
0: Which was, you know, I got to commend her. If you don't, If you have people around you that are, um, you know, your employees are working for you, or people that are coming in and out of your home, and they're not being conscientious of that, um, you really need to think about that. You need to talk to them about that because you need to know where people have been traveling or you know what's happening in their environments because you know you have to take care of your family and and especially if you have littles, um, I think it's it's our responsibility to make sure that we know who's coming in our out of our house and where they. Where they've been, or if they're traveling, or anything like
3: that. Yeah. It was interesting because today, Gretchen and I visited a friend of ours who happens to be a dermatologist at her office. And the second that you walk in, it was masks, mm-hmm. take your temperature, mm-hmm. put on a pair of gloves. Right. They weren't allowing anyone to even register or check in yeah. to meet with anyone until they'd put you through to see whether you had symptoms or there was any way that you could, you know, be you know, infected with the virus.
0: Right. And the thing that that was a bummer was. Um, You know, this this appointment had already been on calendar for so long. And as as we all know with doctor's office, if you don't give 72 hours notice, you know, they charge you a cancellation fee and like all this stuff. So it was one of those things where we're like, what do we do? So, um, but we were relieved when we went in there today to see that they had taken so many precautions to make sure that everybody was safe and that they were using, um, you know, the highest measures possible to make sure that nothing was being spread. So.
3: And I have to commend, you know, some of the, the the major organizations or corporations that we work with. You know, we got letters from some of those CEOs saying, look, we're taking this, you know, uh, contamination seriously. We've, you know, tripled our c- processes for cleaning. We're taking extra steps for our staff and our employees to make sure that they're safe. We want you guys to understand that, you know, as you continue to work with us or interact, that we're taking every step necessary to ensure that things have been sanitized and they're cleanly and that no one's going to be at risk of exposure.
0: Which I love. And I will give you guys another little tip that um, I did for Skylar in particular. You know, a lot of things that were coming into our home, even Skylar's food um, that were in those little packets from Target, I was scrubbing those down with hot water and soap because sometimes she picks it up while we're eating and she'll put it in her mouth or she'll touch it and then she puts her hands in her mouth. So every box that came in that was being delivered, I lysoled outside. Um, or open up the box and then wipe down the products that are inside the box. As we know, a lot of things do come from all over the world, including China. So it just is smart right now to take every precaution, take those Clorox wipes, wipe everything down. As we went to the dermatologist's office today, I get my moles checked out all the time for my skin cancer because I'm so light skinned. So That's, um, you know, just part of my routinely checkup, but I literally had my big thing of Clorox wipes and I'm like in the elevator, touching each button just with the wipe. And like, people must've thought I was crazy, but I don't care because it's about, you know, protecting us and, and our child. So it's just little tips like that, that you guys can do to be extra precautionary and just, you know, just really think about all the things that you're coming in your home. We never had to think about this stuff before you guys obviously wash your hands. Number one. But wash other stuff too that your children will be touching and, and that now, because we're going to have a lot of things shipped to us, just think about that too.
3: Well, just to make you feel better. Yeah. Heidi Klum went uh-huh. home yeah. from America's Got Talent because right. she wasn't feeling well, so they were concerned. Right. Howie Mandel showed up the next day in a hazmat suit, like yeah. full on hazmat, head <laughs> to toe, covered the whole works. He's kind of a germaphobe anyway.
0: Was he being funny or was he serious? No, he
3: was dead serious because oh, he's he's a, he's a germaphobe. He doesn't like to shake hands and touch anyway. <laughs> so I came to work in a freaking hazmat suit.
0: That's funny. So
3: just, you know, you and your little thing of Clorox wipes.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm good.
3: Don't feel bad, baby. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> good. All right, you guys. Well, we're excited to, um, to introduce our guest this week. She's going to have a lot of great information. So stay tuned.
3: We'll be right back. Okay, everyone. Well, thanks for uh, hanging in with us. You're listening to this uh, special home edition of Not Too Taboo. Um, we're very honored to have our next guest. Uh, she is uh, a parenting expert, a journalist, a mom of two boys, and a regular expert on The Dr. Phil Show. Uh, she's joining us via phone from Los Angeles today. Uh, everyone, please welcome Donna Tetro. Woohoo!
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't know we had a live studio audience at our house. <laughs>
2: But they're very excited to to have you here today. They're, yeah, very Um, excited. Thank you. Why does it keep playing? Well,
3: you know, I'm working. I'm just working on the effects. That's all. uh, You know,
0: (laughs) our audience is very excited to have you, Donna. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Awesome. (laughs) Well, yeah. Thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. You know, Gretchen and I had an opportunity to talk a little earlier, just about you know. Kind of how, how we're dealing with this pandemic, dealing with the coronavirus, you know, the fact that we've got aging parents, we've got a newborn in the house. I mean, there's there's so many questions and concerns that pop up around all this. And one of the biggest topics, which I which I know we're gonna get into here with you is how do we talk to our kids? Like how are how are we handling this new normal for like the next couple of weeks that could turn into the next couple of months? I
2: know it's it's um it's a scary time I mean this yeah. is uncharted waters for all of us right. and I think that uh, we have a huge learning curve that we are about to embark on and I think if we can get everybody on board that this is a learning process for all of us that it's we can we can do this smoothly we could you know those there's gonna be the bumps but we can get through it yeah
3: so give us an update really quick like where things stand today with regard to mitigation and containment measures for the coronavirus?
2: Well, so what we know is if, if we are listening to the right sources at this point, we should be listening to Dr. Fauci. And what he is saying is people need to stay in their homes. And again, you know, we've got all of our kids who are out of school um, for at least the next two weeks. Some school districts across the country are saying three weeks. Um There was the uh, news press conference yesterday with the president and Dr. Fauci, and um, a question came up about, well, what about daycares? And that wasn't built into the school closures, so they have to look at that as well. Mm -hmm. We've got to have our kids, our younger kids, out of daycares as well. So. There's so much information coming in, and it's changing so rapidly that I think we have to go to the main source, Dr. Fauci, and really, really think about how we need to help ourselves, but we have to help our community and be really mindful of what we're doing for people around us. It's not just about us and hoarding and Mm -hmm. making sure that we're okay, but it's making sure our community is okay.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because uh, that's what Slade and I were talking about. We were talking about the fact that, you know, we have a newborn and we decided not to kind of buy into the whole, you know,
3: pandemonium.
0: Yeah, pandemonium that was going on. And we didn't go out and buy 9 million things and do all of that that we saw everyone doing. And so we went to go to the store two days ago just to get some key- peas and carrots for our baby because I was going to puree them. And there was not one can in six different stores that we went to. And then I panicked because as a new mom, you know, you have this responsibility for this baby and I'm calling my mom and I'm crying going, oh my gosh, did I not do right by my child to go buy everything and do all this? And it's frustrating because especially for our elders, you know, we have to really be thinking about and taking care of the people that are gonna be affected the most. And it's like, I said to Slate, I go, I wish all these grocery stores would say, the first two hours were open you know, or the first hour we're open, it's only for the elders to be able to shop or the people that are buying stuff for their elders or whatever, because it just frustrates me that people aren't being sensitive to that. And, you know, you see people out there doing posts of, you know, their Costco run and they have 19 carts full of stuff and bragging that they've
3: actually been hoarding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's been really, really frustrating because for people that really seriously need it, like me for my baby or some of our elders out there, like, we couldn't even get baby wipes, so it's it's just a really scary time for people out there that that truly need these things and that have been responsible and aren't hoarding. And then when they go to get something as basic as food and diapers and wipes, and they can't get it, that's that's really frustrating.
2: It's so frustrating. And um, interestingly, yesterday, Mary uh, Mayor uh, Garcetti, LA County Mayor, LA City Mayor, said, "You know, hey, everybody." just go shopping for the week. We have enough food. And he tried to reiterate that to everybody. Hey, we have enough food. Don't hoard. You're not helping the situation. So I think that if people can really start listening to our leaders and to these top doctors who know what's happening to the best of their knowledge, that we have to really pay attention and listen to the source. And I think that, you know, going on social media multiple times a day and buying into these different things that people are saying without sourcing is is really dangerous. And um, I think if we can educate ourselves and our friends and our family to just really pay attention to who is telling us what and what we need to really listen to and really, really be mindful of the sources.
3: Yeah. And I guess that's the biggest challenge is that they're there are so many sources out there you're not sure who to listen to you know information is coming in you know by the minute you know i noticed last night when doing a little bit of research around this that now san francisco has called for you know a uh, county wide uh containment they've shut the city down um Los Angeles County I think has some sort of a quarantine.
0: But I think I think we were just quarantined too. I think it would happen for us and like South Coast Plaza and everything right here well, just that, got shut down. Yeah,
3: South Coast Plaza by us, which is our largest shopping okay. center, was just recently shut down because an employee uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So as the restaurants close, as the stores close, you know, it all goes to contribute towards this this panic buying. You know, and as much yeah. as we've tried to stay, you know, kind of abreast as to what's really happening, and as I'm out trying not to buy into it, I'm, I'm walking down the aisles of Target with, with empty shelves. And, you know, there's one case of diapers left that would fit our daughter. And even though we've got the diapers, then I start to think, well, well, if this turns from two weeks into two months, should I be buying all these other supplies? Like, what, what should I really do? So, you know, with everything closing, I think the, the biggest deal obviously has been closure of schools. Uh, this is yeah. leaving parents, you know, in a position where they need to work from home be their kids teachers. Right. And then at the same time, you know, so you're, you're an employee at home, you're a parent and you're a teacher. Give us some suggestions on how parents can, can really kind of take on this role and and the best way to go about this.
2: Yeah, this is, um, this is a really, really tough time. I mean, I have my two boys right now who are outside luckily because it is not raining Right. right now. They're 11 and 12. So I said, Hey guys, look, I'm going to be on this podcast. I'm going to be on a call. I can't have an interruption unless it's an absolute emergency. So they're out playing basketball. We're trying to work together as a family, as I work, and what they have to do. But interestingly, you know, I think right now, because we were talking about how anxious people are, parents are, kids are, I mean, my little one, who's 11, Asher, said to me, are we going to die? Oh, I mean, and that's a big thing for that a little kid to chills. have to ask and be concerned about. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: So what yeah. I, I suggest is as we begin these school days at home, that we actually really implement a mindful meditation with our kids. We know from research that this helps with anxiety, stress, depression. It's research-based. You can get these mindful meditations on your app, and you can start the day this, this way. This is what we did today. We started walking, did a walking meditation, and it just kind of takes. There's a calm. It brings a calm into the house, and when you when you're able to reduce the anxiety and talk to your kids, it it allows for this. You know, it's not going to be seamless, but it's this new normal that they could get into. And what I like to tell parents, because before I was a journalist, I was a teacher. And I think routine is so important. You've got to set up this new normal routine with kids. And so what we do is we wake up just as if we're going to be going to school. We get dressed, teeth brush, have breakfast. And what I like to do is I like to start out with like a house meeting or it's very similar to like a family meeting. But it's a house meeting for school, and we we start with the meditation. But then we start with, so how are you really feeling today? We're in it our second day of this homeschooling. You're not used to mommy schooling you or daddy. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Are you missing your friends? This is a time to get really, really curious with our kids, mm-hmm. and um, and then move on from there. And I also think building in a schedule that they like. Like I said, they're doing P.E. right now. Right. Usually P.E. later in the day. But get flexible, get creative and, um, you know, let the distance learning happen. I mean, some schools don't have these capabilities. I know L.A. Unified um, has minimal capability, but they do have some PBS um, shows that kids can watch. But this is a time where parents have to get creative but I also like to say, get really compassionate with yourself as a parent and as a kid.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, when you're talking about the mindfulness um, apps and everything, for, for those out there that actually understand that or into that, what are do you have some suggestions of some of those apps that people can actually look up?
2: Absolutely. Um, the one that we use is Stop, Breathe, and Think. Okay. But there's also Drift Away. There's Dreamy Kid, and there's Well Beyond Meditation for kids. I mean, there are so many apps, um, and just find what what works for you. I know there's a Sesame app for for younger kids, too, because I think what's really important to think about, too, is parents should be using these mindful meditation apps as well, because I know you have your your Skylar, and she's so young, but we know that our babies... (laughs) can feel our anxiety and
1: stress. Oh, yeah.
2: And so, Clay, when you were talking about how you're going into this supermarket and you're like, where are all the typers? That's anxiety and stress that you're not normally used to. No. And 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 so baby can feel that.
0: Yeah. And he had sent me the picture and that's what I was saying. Like he sent me this picture of like three different stores of literally not one thing on the shelf. Like it looked like Armageddon and yeah,
3: food aisles, empty yeah. uh, supplies, empty.
0: And then that's when my anxiety and stress went through the roof. And I actually posted this yesterday or the day before on my social. And I just said, look, like it's our responsibility as parents to, you know, keep our home calm and, and full of peace and love and, You know, to be that person for our children, but yet at the same time, that doesn't negate our own emotions and our own feelings. So I said, if you need to go cry it out, ask your partner, like, I need you to step in for a minute and you go in your room and you have your moment because I just think that a lot of parents right now are just they're expecting to be all of these things, you know, the teacher, work from home, do this, do that. And then on top of all, manage their own emotions. And it's like, I just wanted to tell people it's okay. Like if you're scared, it's okay. If you're freaked out, it's okay. If you have a lot of anxiety over this because there is so many, um, you know, questions not being answered or we, there's so much uncertainty right now. So I really encourage people to just have that moment. If they need to have that step away from the children. And I'm talking more for the like really, really young children. I think when you have older children, it is okay to talk about it and be like, you know what, how are you feeling? And, you know, yeah, mommy's a little sad too about what's happening, but it's okay. We're gonna, you know, stay positive and we're gonna do this. But I think it's okay to also let your children know that it's okay to have emotions during times like this because you don't want to completely, you know, cut that off because then you're not being real in a real life situation. And we need to teach our children how to deal with these things that are going to happen
2: in life.
3: Yeah, we have to acknowledge their emotion for sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, I I love all that. Absolutely. Acknowledging the emotion, really having these conversations that are age appropriate. I mean, to me, if we turn this around and instead of, you know, being anxiety driven and hoarding, we could like turn this around and say, okay, this is a reset. This is actually an empathy build. This is a resilience build. You know, this is, listening to each other more, being together more. There's so many positive aspects that we can pull from this that I think that if we can change our mindsets a little bit and think about how this really is something that we can take in and say, you know what, this is going to make us stronger. This is going to make our family stronger. This is going to make our kids stronger. I mean, I you know, you know the opposing to the hoarding and and anxiety is, so how can I help? Let's build empathy right now. How can I help? Maybe I can write a note to Grandma and grandpa who might be stuck in the home, in their home, but I could send them a letter. You know, right. do yeah. that facetime call. Think about how is, are there a few items in your pantry that you could donate to somebody in need? How can you help neighbors around the block? Um, so I think it's about how you look at this and how you then instill this empathy and resilience build into your kids is what you guys were talking about as well. All
0: right. Um, and for all those families out there, you know, that really, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't have any clue what it comes to, you know, meditation or, you know, having mindfulness. There's a lot of people that are just checked out from that. So the families and people that don't really understand that.
3: Or don't practice that. Or don't
0: practice that. I mean, what, what would be your suggestion or thought for them, you know, in trying to keep a calm, peaceful home?
2: Well, I think that, I think that it's really important that people understand. I mean, you know, as a parenting journalist, I've done a lot of research on this. And I think that People understood and educated themselves about the benefits of meditation. And it's not just about sitting there and, you know, chiming (laughs) um, bells and and stuff like that. It's really about meditation is about being in the moment so that your mind is in one place in the moment and what you're hearing and what you're feeling and you're not in your mind will wander of course but you're coming back to that moment and that's what we know researchers know from all that they've learned is that it really helps balance the mind yeah. and so it 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 brings the anxiety down and so if you're able to practice that it's just a good way to bring this calm into the family look there's going to be so i mean it's so stressful right now but if you don't, if you're not buying into the meditation part, you can do prayer, you know, and it doesn't have to be religious. It's just whatever works for your family. Right. Gratitude, you know, there's mindful, um, gratitude, uh, apps that you can do. That's a great idea. You could,
0: you could encourage, um, families to sit down at the table and talk about, you know, all the things that they are grateful for, or or maybe as a family start a gratitude journal together and you know, talk about all the stuff that they are grateful for and that can really help lift the spirits and, and keep everyone up. That's a great idea too.
2: Absolutely. Gratitude journals are awesome. One thing that we started practicing just recently at dinner is what's your rose and what's your thorn mm. today. Because it is okay to have a thorn. Yeah, yeah I like that. thorn is I'm so bummed that I'm I'm stuck here and I, I can't see my friends. Especially for kids who are so social. Yeah. That's my thorn today. Okay, so what's your rose then? Well, my rose is that I got to play some extra video games because it was <laughs> raining outside. So it's just, even in the little things, the yeah. things that don't seem to necessarily matter, finding finding the rose and the thorn and being okay with it.
0: I love that because I think that's a great suggestion for people that maybe aren't necessarily into mindfulness or meditation because that, in a sense is a way of becoming mindful of sitting there and talking about your rose or your thorn. So that's a really great suggestion for all those out there. And I got to, I got to agree with you, Donna. I was one of those people for so many years. That I'm like, I do. I could not meditate if you paid me a million bucks to sit there and like meditate. <laughs> right? right. Like yeah, I, I was know. like, there's no yeah. way I can do this. And then what was so interesting is I use the app, um, headspace, I think headspace. It's yeah, Headspace. And I was shocked. First of all, they, not only taught you how to do it, but it was not anything like I thought it was going to be. I literally thought like you had to sit in this specific like yoga pose with my hands, Chanting. you know my my middle yeah. finger touching my thumb and, you know, doing this home, you know, like this whole thing. yeah, and it was so fascinating to me how they this, they this guide you app through the
3: process right really
0: talks you through it. And then they give you these little videos of examples of, like, okay, look, when your mind travels to this place, this is how you bring it back. And it was so much easier than I actually thought it was. And I cannot tell you what a significant difference it made in my life. And not only did that meditation help me come to that place of calm and really get in touch with myself and my personal feelings, but it allowed me to manifest the most incredible things in my life, including our baby girl, Skylar Gray. So I'm just telling all of you out there, that are struggling with this whole meditation thing if you start with some of these really easier apps that teach you how to do this it's a lot different than maybe what you're even thinking and it could be kind of like you turn it almost into like a game for the kids you know like hey you guys let's all sit down and do this app and let's see who can you know stay quiet the longest i don't know you know maybe come up with some fun part of making it a game for the kids but it's a lot easier than I thought it was.
3: Well, and this is great for you, Gretchen, but I got kicked off that app. You did? They wouldn't even let me on the app because what? there was no more headspace. <laughs> so they literally go, dude, sorry, app not for you. You know, regardless of what we teach you, there's going to be zero to little effect. Oh, so yeah, that's great for you, ladies. Uh, my dense noggin couldn't take it. So um, uh, this, uh, this makes me think about, you know, kind of this next topic. So our, our favorite caregiver, caregiver Courtney. She's in the room. I'm talking about her because I'm looking at her. Um, graduating college as a, as an educator, um, doing some post-grad work, you know, still has some stuff that she's doing through the university. And even, even the university had some challenges with, with this epidemic of, you know, how do we basically quarantine the campus? How do we move what would normally be a class from, you know, people sitting in front of a professor to online and, and universities are having trouble making this transition. So, you know, as everyone's trying to figure out how to handle all this, um, are there lesson plans that are being sent home? You know, how can parents kind of structure kids' days when they know they've got to continue with the learning process and it's really just been, uh, like, turned off?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the hard part is, is that you've got parents who, you know, have not been trained as teachers. So, you know, what do you do? So yeah. that's why I think that, I think that there are, there are resources out there, you know, scholastic, scholastic.com, um, there's uh, the Khan Academy, which teaches K-12, through 12. they have all kinds of videos, yep. but I think, that, I think that what you have to think about is this, learning is everywhere, and, if, and especially for parents who don't have a lot of online access, you know, there's a lot of kids who don't have the access and so parents have to remember reading is reading you get a book you read you read for 40 minutes reading is reading you can read together you can discuss together math is everywhere math is in cooking math is in monopoly so yeah Gretchen math is in cooking
3: Gretchen don't
2: even start math is in cooking don't even start
3: (laughs) I told you not to add all that butter math is in cooking
2: (laughs) And, oh, and in baking, actually even more, more math. She's a baking. great
3: baker. So precise, she's, a,
2: right?
3: she's a great baker. Excuse me.
0: So that means I'm excellent at math, buddy. Oh, then you're awesome. Listen here,
3: miss. <laughs> I don't want to be precise. I want to shake it till it feels good. Yeah,
0: but that's like, that's like a, a food network level. Like I just she know wants, what to put she in She watches
3: there. the chef just do what they want. And I'm just going to put the pinch of this in there. <laughs> and she thinks that she can do that with all of her baked goods. <laughs>
0: and how good are all my baked goods? They're good, buddy. Don't even try and lie. <laughs> okay, I will <laughs> tell you that
3: I destroy the evidence as quickly as possible. <laughs> anyway, sorry to digress.
2: <laughs> no, no, I love it. But look, I mean, that's the thing. That's you've got to be flexible in this. You've got to be able to say, you know what? Let's get in three to three and a half hours of learning. Yeah. And I would say this. I would say no tech during the school day unless it's a tech class. Okay. Because a lot of kids do tech in, in, in in regular schools. But I think that you got to be really clear with technology and tech and also access to what your kids are, are, are are seeing age appropriate wise as it'll bring on the anxiety too. But I think that they're yeah, you know, I I think it, I think you can get creative. Um, I also think that, um, there, there, what was cool, I saw uh, some moms were discussing this. There's like these museum virtual tours.
1: Mm, so yep. that's
2: what I'm talking about, getting really creative. You know, if your kid wants to draw, let them get on um, the Internet and, and take some drawing classes. This is also a really cool time to kind of get some new exposure. Maybe there's something they want to learn. Right. Maybe they want to learn about space. You know what? Watch a movie about space and talk about it. Maybe they want to learn about, you know, something that they're not they're not doing right now, but mm-hmm. they want to try it. You know, just get flexible, get creative, know that you're learning together. Ask them what they want to learn. I think if you ask them,
1: if you remain
2: curious, what, what, what's interesting for you? Mm-hmm. What, you have all this time right now. What would you want to learn about right
0: now? That's really great advice. Um, you know, one of my girlfriends, we were talking about it earlier. Um, she did this, what was called a uh, pound stay home challenge. And she challenged me and a bunch of our girlfriends to, um, to do it. And then I challenged a bunch of my girlfriends to do it and on and on and on. And what was so cool about this idea is that we are all putting on our social media, what we are doing at home or what we're doing with our kids. In order for everybody to have different ideas. Because to learn one, from. Yeah, to learn from and get different ideas of what to do. Because, you know, one parent might be doing something. Like I saw one of my girlfriends, she ordered these really cool like water beads from Amazon. And it was just like a touch thing for her younger babies to be playing with. Because they're like two and I think um, four. And it was like just a fun activity for them to be playing with. And I was like, oh, my God, where'd you get those? And she's like, Amazon. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's something that I could get because Skylar's a big toucher right now. And she loves like, you know, any texture. Yeah, any texture. So it's just it's little concepts like that that you can do within your own social media community. You say, hey, guys, let's do the stay home challenge and let's ask each other or show each other what we're doing throughout our day with our kids so that everybody starts getting ideas and concepts to help, you know, make their day not seem so long and right. and difficult throughout the day.
2: I love that. I love that. And it, it's interesting too with, you know, my kid's age being 11 and 12, they're really missing their friends. So one mom was talking about, what are we going to do with play dates? Maybe we should, you know, just like a couple kids, you know, that they're outside and they're six feet apart. And But no, you know, we got to follow what the recommendations are. So then let's get creative with play dates. How can we do it? So my, one son loves playing chess, so he's got a play date planned with his friend, Sage, on chess.com for later today.
1: So I love that's that. how
2: they're going connect.
0: Yeah, I love that. So yeah,
3: I was going to ask that question because, you know, you know, how do we practice that social distancing? You know, since we're having to avoid meetings of like 10 people or more, you know, maybe this is also a way that we engage the technology. You know, can we be Skyping with friends or having an opportunity to connect digitally? So we're not completely cut off from like the rest of the world. But
0: I think Ethan, babe, I think since, since that, they've now said like, you guys just need to stay home, like not yeah. even go out. So I think that's even changed. As we said, everything's rapidly changing by the minute.
2: Oh yeah, totally. And I, it's interesting because there was one mom who had said, you know, let's just, let's just get our kids together. We know where we've been and, right. and you know, it's kind of a difficult conversation to have with another parent. Because you've got to do what you feel is right. For me personally, I'm going to follow what the CDC and the NIH is saying. So I'm going to not have the play date. Mm -hmm. And so if a friend, though, wants to do that, you know, it's kind of this delicate conversation. And so what I finally said was the way I'm going to handle it is I'm just going to say, you know what, I... mm, you know, Asher and Jackson really miss so-and-so, but I'm going to follow as a family, we're going to follow the recommendations from the CDC and we are not doing play dates and, you know, just put the blame on the CDC and, and then move forward and then try to get really creative about how you can do these different play dates. I mean, we're also going to use zoom so that we could have a bunch of kids on, um, on a play date, just talking to each other via Zoom. Um, you know, look, I am not a huge video game advocate right. <laughs> for children, yeah. but my boys do play like um, the football video games and the basketball ones. And so I said, you know what? Get online with your friends for an hour mm-hmm. and 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 get social that way. Yeah, you know, do the chess dot com. There's ways to do it. Do some FaceTime. You know. Um, you go old school, old school too. You know, you can write some letters back and forth to each other. So again, I think it's, you know, going through this process and just saying, how can we be creative? What can we do?
0: You know, there's a couple things I want to mention when you're talking about this. Um, first you had mentioned that for some children to have like three or three and a half hours, um, of schooling, or if you will, um, but what age group do you quantify that for? What would, what would you say is that age group?
2: I'd say that's like a K to eight. Okay. High school is a completely different situation and they've got to follow the pro- protocol um, that high schools are telling them. But I think that when you've got this elementary school age, middle school age, that, you know, three to four hours is really, you're your good. Okay. Because if you think about what the day looks like, you know, there's research, recess built in. There's assemblies built in. There's lunch built in. So, um, you know, you're you're good with that that range. And you know what? Don't push it. Don't push it. And 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 if your kids are struggling, go back to compassion. Yes. You know what's going on? You know because really, if they're pushing and they you know they're resistant, then we got to think about how this is really affecting their mental health. I mean, this is a
1: yeah. huge
2: disruption in their little lives.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's it's not just the disruption for us and how are we going to manage work and how are we going to manage them? Think about where they're coming from. And I think that when we can build in that compassion for them, that we can kind of lean back and say, okay, you know what? You don't need to do 40 minutes of reading today. It's okay. 30 is okay. Right. Let's build up into this. I just think that these, this is a tough time yeah. and and they're going to struggle. Yeah. And that's,
0: that was actually our next question was, you know, that kids might act out with all the abrupt change and, and resist it and how to deal with that. But I love that you are saying, just have compassion and, you know, don't force things down their throats. And, you know, if you have those three to four hours, make sure you spread it out and give them, you know, lunchtime and make, make lunch fun, maybe have them help you make things in the kitchen or cook things or learn how to do something new or go outside, you know, in between that, but just try to make it as fun and and not make it so daunting for the children and be like, no, you haven't got your four hours in today. You know, I think, <laughs> I think having that compassion is really important. And that's gonna help us as parents too not lose our minds and lose our own sanity throughout all of that. Um, but there is one other thing I wanted to mention because Uh, This came up on my social media and it made me think of something. So I want to make a suggestion to the community out there. Um, I had a a person on my social say, you know, I don't have a computer. Like I can't afford a computer at home. So like, I don't even know how to, you know, do anything online or help teach my kids online. So it made me think about the fact that Slade and I had a couple extra computers in storage. And I told Slade, like, let's go take the stuff off of the computers Um, And then let's go donate those to some of these families. I actually asked that person in particular where they live because I was like, maybe I'm just going to ship them the computer. Um, But there's little things like that that we can be doing as a community right now is is listening to people around us that are really struggling and say, you know what, I I can do this for you or I have this sitting in storage or whatever it is. Um, that you might have laying around the house, whether it's a can of carrots in your pantry or it's something more substantial, like a computer for a family that doesn't have something like that. So it's all it's stuff that we can all be thinking about um, to really help each other within our community.
3: Which is which is such a sweet, kind thought. And that's why you're such a lovely person, Gretchen. Oh my <laughs> um, You know, the good news is, yeah, is that really is. most really people is. most people have a smartphone, obviously, you know. So for the majority of people, at least they have some connectivity. Uh, through their smartphone. But I know that there are people out there that that don't and can't afford them because mm-hmm. they're so damn expensive. Yeah, they
1: really maybe the are. government
3: should come in and say something to all the uh, telecom companies and go, do you really got to charge Slate and Gretchen $1,000 for their smartphone? <laughs> I'd like to have that conversation. Right. Um, right. Exactly. Anyway, I digress once again. Um, so can you give us some some specific tips with regard to kids that are maybe acting out or resisting to some of this change And then a couple tips about how we as parents can maintain our own sanity because I'm on the edge constantly. (laughs) Gretchen will tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm just right there.
0: He is such a liar. You know, who's always on the edge is me. Like I'm always the one that's like freaking out. He's the, he's the calm in our family. I'm the one that's like, oh my God, we're all going to die. This is horrible.
3: She thinks, she thinks I'm calm. she thinks I'm calm. And then I've snuck into the laundry room with a brand new package of Oreos.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. He yeah.
2: has done that before. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm looking mighty well fed these days. So it just is what it is.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, interestingly, I mean, I think that look at, I think all of us feel like that. We yeah. it, 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 it would be not human if we didn't. And so I think that I am a huge advocate of self compassion. And we touched on this for our children, having compassion for our kids. But I'm a huge advocate. And on my podcast, Kids Under Construction, I talk about the fact that we need to have self compassion for ourselves as parents. Mm. Come on. We did not learn how to be parents.
1: None of us. None of us. You're right.
0: I always say that. I'm like, where was the manual that taught us how to be parents? Or why did we not have one class in school that either taught us to be a parent or taught us how to balance our checkbook? I mean, I don't
3: get it. (laughs) I'm still 51 and I'm learning that crap.
2: And it's, it's, I mean, I I have literally been studying parenting for 10 years as a parenting journalist and there's still so much to learn. But what I think is, is that if we can show ourselves some real self-compassion I, and, and then teach our children this because I, I can think about like when I was a kid, you know, if I, if I had had just a little more self-compassion, I could probably move a little bit more easily through the world. And so I think that we're always growing and always learning. So if we can start off as parents and say, look, we don't even know, we didn't even learn how to be parents. And now they're telling us to be parents in the coronavirus age. <laughs> So just like to start from the beginning, step by step, recognize when you're anxious, when you're nervous. Am I on social media too much? Am I looking at the news too much? Step back and say, just take care of take care of you. Like I like to say, I'm going to take care of Donna right now. Yeah. Just take care of you yeah, and and know yeah. that it's okay to do that. And whether or not that's going and getting those Oreos in the closet <laughs> or working out yeah. <laughs> or meditating or praying or using a gratitude journal or just t- taking time for you, what, whatever makes you happy. I mean, it's okay to say to your kids, hey, I need some space. And it shows them that you're not perfect because nobody is and it's okay for them to not be perfect if they can see that. And if you can say to them, you know what, I need some space. I'm feeling overwhelmed right now because of all this. I mean, look, we're in day two (laughs) right now, day three of being, you know, parents and teachers and everything else that we're supposed to be. So I really think the practice of self-compassion is, is a huge asset during this time.
0: So, you know, that was going to be my next question is, you know, for all of those single parents out there that are doing this alone, um, especially when they're someone that has a, a newer baby, like, you know, when your kids are older and you can say, look, I need I need a little bit of space. Can you let mommy have an hour to go take her bath? Or, you know, can you sit here and watch, you know, your favorite show for an hour and then you can step away. But for those out there that have brand new babies that don't get that reprieve, I mean, I, I, do, I don't even, I, I'm at a loss. Like you
3: said, the single parent. Yeah, the like single how, parent. How are they going like, to ask yeah. for help? I'm
0: at a loss of, I mean, yeah. I posted on my my social media when I did that post. I was like, ask your mom, ask a friend, ask a neighbor. But like, at the same time, you can't really go ask the neighbor because they say you're supposed to be self-quarantined. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to really know what to do during those times. And, and part of me thinks, okay, you know, maybe get up, you know, go to bed earlier when the baby goes to bed earlier and maybe get up an hour early so that you can have that time for yourself. I don't know. Those are the sort of things that I'm trying to think of, but do you have any other suggestions for those like single parents out there that are struggling?
2: Yeah, I think that's really, really hard. And I think this is when you got to build in your community and get on the phone and really talk to each other, really talk to each other. Don't text, really talk. I had one mom who is not a single mom, but her husband is away um, working. And so I guess in essence, she is a single mom right now. And she's just like, you know, I am seriously struggling with my mental health right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, so what are you going to do? And she's like, I I don't know. And so I, you know, I said, why don't you meditate? And then I just said, "Uh, hello, Donna. I said, why don't you let's get on a call? Let's talk. Tell me how you feel. Just like I would tell my kid, come and talk to me. Right. So I think this is another time where this is almost like this reset in our culture. Mm-hmm. Don't text. Get on the phone. Talk. Tell me how you feel. Right. Get it out. Um, reach out to therapists if you need to. I mean, think about how important this, again, can be a new way to look at things and to reset and start talking to people. and trying to understand. Here's that empathy build again. How can I help you? How can I help you? What can I do?
1: Yeah. Ask.
0: Yeah. So
2: if you don't ask, you know, you don't know what they need. So yeah. I think this is a way to ask people.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it is interesting because I, you know, Slate and I are, are faith-based and I always uh, take a step back and I always try to figure out what the lesson is that that God is giving us as, um, you know, a country as, as,
3: as a race, as a society, as a
0: society. And it's interesting because there's this part of me that is going, okay, God, is this a big wake up call? Like our connectivity has been so lost because of, you know, the social media technology. And it's like, it's like, it's forcing us to come back together and have these you know, more intimate relationships. Again, these more intimate connections.
3: Be present with your family, right? Be present
0: with your family, be present by playing board games, be doing all this. And it's, I saw this meme going across um, social where it was like, uh, gosh, why is 2020 so mad at us? You know, like, what did we do? And it's like, (laughs) and it was like this little kid sitting on the edge of like a thing all upset. It was really cute. And it was, it was one of those things where it really made you stop and think like, wow, oh, really? Why is 2020 so mad at us? Because there's been so much heartache and so much tragedy you know, around Kobe Bryant, everything that's happened. And it's like, it's forcing us as a society to really sit down and go, okay, what is truly important and what is happening? And, and forcing us to be face-to-face with our kids on yeah. the daily where we Re-engage, can connect with communicate. Them. Yeah. And like you're saying, don't text, get on a phone call and, and talk with your friends in a much more You know, in depth way than we ever have in the last I don't know ten plus years now. So, um, so it's interesting. I think we need to really look at that and go. This is this is an opportunity for us to really come back to square one and to really see what's important in our relationships and how to re communicate. Because you know, like you're saying, we've we've lost the ability to communicate in some ways. Because now it's just a short text every now and again. It seems like and. And, you know, we used to hand write notes and now it's just like a text like, hey, what's going on, you know, or whatever. So um, so in a way, I, I want us all to look at this as an opportunity to really um, reconnect with everyone in our lives and, and really get to know each other on a much uh, deeper level than I think that we've been able to in a long time.
3: Yeah, very true. And Donna by the way I want to congratulate you on your new podcast. I know you are part of the uh, Stage 29 family. So your new podcast is called oh, Kids you. Under Construction.
0: I love that. Kids Under yeah. Construction. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
3: Can you tell us a little bit about what the podcast is going to focus on?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I um like I told you I've been I've been a parenting journalist for about 10 years now and I was a teacher before that and I'm a mom to two boys and I just really want this podcast, my podcast to Come from the child's perspective, and so it's not kind of that regular parenting podcast or parenting um, news. It's it's really coming from the child's perspective, and if we can all understand that our kids are under construction mm-hmm. as we are as well, but that that will lead to kind of this more empathetic, positive mindset of parenting. Because I think that when you really get down to their level, physically and Figuratively and literally, and that you can know that they really are just growing and trying to find their way in the world, trying to find who they're supposed to be. And if we can let them unfold as they're supposed to unfold instead of pressure them and this helicopter parenting generation that we're in, mm-hmm. that we can guilty. really help. i guilty kids of that. We're, we're totally that. guilty, by He's the guilty. way. Guilty. We're totally
3: like helicopter parents.
0: Well, we're trying not to be, but we, but we definitely struggle sometimes.
3: <laughs> we helicopter. We helicopter. Yeah. We puddle. You know, we do all this.
2: <laughs> yeah, we do it all. But it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Because you want you're coming from a good
1: space. Yeah, you're course. coming
2: from wanting to protect and, but we have to let our kids unfold to be who they're supposed to be, right. not who we think they should be. Yeah. So that's that's my. I'm just like crazy kid advocate. I was a teacher before. I just, I just adore kids. And, um, so that's, you know, I just want to interview experts and regular moms and dads and doctors and psychologists and just get the information out to parents, but then also let them kind of massage it to what is right for them because there's no one child or parent who is the same. And, um, there's no circumstance that is the same, and so we can't judge
1: right. other
2: parents, and we shouldn't be judging ourselves because we're learning. So it's just kind we're of we're super judgy over here.
3: We're very judgy.
2: Slade, <laughs> nowhere are not.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. We might be judgy of ourselves, but we definitely aren't judgy. I'm judgy.
3: We even right by the house. We even have a place called Judgy Park. Oh my! I mean, come on, <laughs> on. There's you know <laughs> we, we live in a very we judgy area, Gretchen. We
2: judge ourselves all the time. We do. That's yeah. really do. Yeah. See, super yeah. judgy. See?
3: So apparently Donna, I am tuning into Kids Under Construction because <laughs> I have a lot of things <laughs> to learn and I will be so excited <laughs> to uh, to hear the experts coming on to your podcast. Yes. Can, you, can you throw out your social handles to us? Tell us so everyone can find you.
2: Okay. They can find me at Donna Tatro on Instagram. I mean, it's a long last name, T-E-T-R-E-A-U-L-T. And I'm on Facebook as well with that, Donna Tatro and on LinkedIn. And so, yeah. You can find me all of those different places. And I have a website, donatetro.com with some of my videos um, as well. So Awesome. Well, Donna, we can't
0: say thank you enough for coming on and giving us such great advice for all those parents and kids out there. Um, It's been lovely having you on today and we wish all of you out there um, to stay healthy. Of course, we're going to say wash your hands and, uh, and I hope we all, you know, survive this uh, pandemic and that, you know, just remember, reach out to community, reach out to friends, talk, and uh, know that we're going to all be okay. Pray pray you guys let's all pray thank you for having me
3: (laughs) no thank you for coming on you've now given gretchen enough ammunition to beat me into a pulp for the next couple weeks so it's just been really fun will
2: you guys come on my uh yes yes we We would love to but
3: see i'm only coming on your podcast after i've listened to several and i can come on and be educated (laughs) there you go (laughs) i am not sitting on a podcast with two women that are far more intelligent than me i'm telling you that right now
0: (laughs) thank you donna we really appreciate your time today have a great day love Thanks, Donna. Too. Talk bye. to you soon, hun. Okay, bye.
3: bye. Well, that was really good. I know. Yeah.
0: I think it's really good because I think it, it showed once again how smart I am. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right? Once again, how smart you are and how much I have to learn. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, there are some other sources. I just want to reiterate them that Donna mentioned, but I thought was really cool. For those of you that are at home with your kids. I'm trying to figure out a way to properly structure and keep the learning process going. Uh, She mentioned uh, Scholastics. You know, at Scholastics on social, they have uh, scholastics.com, where there's a whole series of classes based upon um, uh, your your children's level of education at this point that you can look to. That's great. Um, There's places like Khan Academy, National Geographic Kids. That's great. Which is really really cool. Education.com. There's Brain Pop. Um, they offer free access to information regarding what's happening with you know COVID-19 and these online learning courses. There's a cool thing called Skype a Scientist mm. that you can go on. And if you have to get access to a scientist to work through that program. And then what I thought was really neat is there's all these areas to do literally um, virtual field trips. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, the Guggenheim Museum, Van Gogh Museum, the Louvre, uh, even the Houston Zoo. They have live animal cameras and everything that are available. Oh, I you like can, that. You can walk the Great Wall of China. Boston Kid Museum. I mean, there's just so many resources out there. So, you know, as she mentioned, it's important to manage the technology, yeah. but if you're going to embrace it at this time of, you know, uh, chosen quarantine, there's yeah. some really, really cool things you can do as a family to continue the education process.
0: Well, I think there's a difference between managing, you know, the technology in the sense of like, they're just playing video games or they're just on their phone doing social or doing things that aren't, you know, actually activating the brain on a, on, from an educational level versus we are in a time, thank goodness, that we have technology at our fingertips so that we can figure out some other things to do besides just sit around and look at each other and then the kids get frustrated. Yeah. And like like we were saying, you know, sometimes kids can act out during times like these. So I think I think there's a fine balance between that right now. And I think it's great that there's so many resources out there.
3: So yeah, it's really neat. So what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll try to put some of those resources and links, as well as links to Donna's uh, information, at the uh, bottom of the description for this particular episode of our podcast. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then you know, really looking forward to you know ad- these additional experts that we have on calendar to come in and continue to educate us and give us some information about a, how, how to handle this pandemic.
0: Yeah. And, you know, our question of the week for all of us out there to ponder on, I think is, you know, what are we doing first and foremost to, you know, um, self-quarantine ourselves? And are we taking that seriously? Um, You know, are we really taking the steps necessary to stay in and to, you know, not go do the things that we want to do? You know, as Donna was saying, it's it's difficult. You want to go do that one play date with that family that, you know, you know where they've been, but the truth is, is that the government and the officials are asking us not to even do those things right now. So are you taking that seriously? And number two, what is the way that we are going to learn to reconnect with each other? What is it that you're going to do that's going to force you to, you know, take a look at everything that's going on and, and try to deeply reconnect with the people in your life, whether that's that phone call with that friend that you went to college with it. You always text, but you never, or you always talk on Facebook, but you never really get on the phone and don't actually engage. Yeah, yeah, really have that in-depth conversation. So, what are you going to do during this time, during the self-quarantine time, to help yourself grow and flourish? Whether that's even like, you know, cleaning out your home, doing spring cleaning, or you know, doing a project in your home—all the things that we are, um, you know, we're having to evaluate and and take an inventory of what is that that you guys are going to be doing. So,
3: I think that's a great question, my love. So I want to thank everybody for uh, taking the time to uh, spend uh, an hour or so with us today. Be safe. Take your time with your family. Really stay focused on things. And we will be doing our part to continue to bring you useful information regarding this particular pandemic. So this has been another episode of Not Too Taboo. Remember to like, download, and subscribe. And we'll look forward to talking with you guys next week.